everybody. Welcome back to Cruise Control. It is Monday, January 15th, 2024. Welcome to Cruise Control, the home of entertainment news. I am your host as always, Brian Cruz. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend, had some fun, accomplished some goals, had a good time with some family and some friends. Everybody out there that's in the world, you're having a great time and enjoy your life with because that'd be fantastic. Hope it was fantastic. Conquered some ass, had a good weekend, and you're back here with us on a Monday. So thank you so much for being here. Cruz Show is always the home of entertainment news. We're having a good time tonight. A lot to talk about, a lot happening. We're going to be talking about the Cat Williams thing finally. Been talking about doing that for a long time. We're having a big discussion about that. We're talking about Fast 11, big cuts coming. We're talking about the, the Critics Awards. Just went down. Critics Choice Awards just went down. Also talking about some more. A lot happening on Cruise Control tonight. So happy to have you all here. Thank you for being here as always on a Monday. And joining me back as my co-host of the Monday of the most, the queen of Monday, Miss Rachel Blakely. Rachel, welcome back to Cruise Control. How are you doing tonight? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I'm doing good. It's been a chilly weekend here um, across the whole country, really, I think. Uh, yeah. But glad to have it be Monday and hopefully it'll warm up soon. That would be that'd be that'd be great. I know it's been getting like, like I've been in Michigan for a little bit and it's got, we just got like two feet of snow or some shit like that. And it's it's been like 15 degrees, 14 degrees. You don't want to mm -hmm. go outside. You're like just afraid to get you know, do anything. It's like stay inside and drink some beer. That's what you're doing. It gets this cold. That's what you have to do. <laughs> One that keeps you warm, yeah. but it'll go away hopefully soon. It'll be, it'll be nice. It'll be nice eventually, Rachel. Thank you for being here on a Monday. I appreciate mm -hmm. you as always. Um, also joining us, and it's been Absolutely. a few weeks, but so happy to have her back, everybody. My friend, yours, the best artist you've ever seen. You gotta check out her work. You gotta check it out, check it out, check it out. Actor, writer, director, too. Miss Lexi Koval. Lexi, welcome back to Cruise Control. How are you doing, Hi. Lexi? How's life? It's all right. It's okay. A little bit good, a little bit bad. So a little bit know. this, a little bit that. What's up, yeah. Ty? Uh, what, what's new with you? What's been happening? Just working, trying to figure out things. Uh, working on a new project with Jacob. So nice. We're gonna start trying to figure that out as soon as we can. Um, probably going to be on YouTube with that one too. So that should be interesting with that. Uh, Big old Kay Jacob. That, yeah, Kay Jacob. <laughs> That's, I always forget the K. <laughs> I don't. I don't use that when I talk to him alone. So I'm just the like banner. I forget. But like, shout out to IPA Sessions. <laughs> what's up spoonie love 19 welcome to cruise control <laughs> Hi, uh, hey what's up but yeah I, I yeah it's cool k jacob i know it's hard to go back and forth you've got that radio persona so yeah. it's uh uh it's it's good though i'm happy i'm happy you're working together he's he's a fun guy and uh you're getting a lot of stuff done so it's cool it's really cool i, love him. Well, I can't function without back. him so. we all love him <laughs> Yeah. Also joining us back on Cruise Control too. It's been a few weeks as well. Actor, creator, uh, you know, film vets. You gotta check that channel out. Keeps growing. He's doing a great job over there. They're doing a lot of great trailer breakdowns. Working on more interviews. It's fantastic, everybody. Friend of the show. Big big friend of the show. Everybody, welcome to Cruise Control, Mr. Paul Allen Dixon. Paul, welcome back to Cruise Control, man. How is life? What's up? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, sorry about being late. I'm dealing with being sick, but I am. Oh no. Here. And uh, happy to be back, and I'm ready to talk about the goods and the bads. <laughs> There's a lot of goods and a lot of bads happening, as always, yeah. right? <laughs> well, you look good. You look good. You know, you look fine. I mean. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry going through that. It sucks. I feel like everyone's getting yeah. hit. I got I, was, I got hit with like right around the holidays this time. Sean, who's on oh, here yeah. Wednesdays, he got COVID on the holidays. Everyone's getting like sick oh. right now. It's just what it is. It's that time. The cold spree came in and getting everybody and knock them on their ass. So I mean, people are yeah, seeing people, fun. so they're spreading the germs, you know? Yeah. We also yeah. had COVID, so we understand. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's yeah, not yeah, a friend of the show. COVID, so yeah, we completely understand. <laughs> not a friend of the show. <laughs> And also, well, we're alive, also and that's here. all that matters. 
We're alive. We're <laughs> kicking ass. We're having fun. We're doing a show. It's great. <laughs> David Banner says, hope you feel yeah. better, Paul. Thanks, man. <laughs> and, uh, Hi, and everyone. Happy, Hi, back Queen, too. David. <laughs> happy welcome back, too. Happy Monday, man. Happy Monday. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? It's good to see oh, you. I'm doing okay, man. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Did you have a good weekend? Huh? How's the weekend? weekend? How about you? Oh. I'm fucking great, Peppy. It was awesome. But you look a little tired, though. What's going on? Man, my paws are tired. Why are your paws tired, man? You got, you got to slow down a little bit. You're running around the house too much, jumping off too much furniture. And I think if you just relax a little bit, you'll be okay, okay? Just just be okay, all right? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Peppy. Well, say hi to everybody, Peps. Rachel, how you doing, girl? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Gotta love the Pep star. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Hello, Lexi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> so good to have peppy here too just join the show having a good time with all of us happy to have you all here um it's gonna be a fun show like i said a lot going on as always uh been a big weekend the emmys are going on right now too it's a lot, a lot of shit going down but honestly i'm just excited because there's uh there's a remake that is going down very soon that lexi and i talked about it on on her initial podcast when i first met her a long time ago and i can't wait to talk yes. about that I, I cannot wait to talk about that uh we'll get on that later a little bit later a lot of stuff happening everybody and of course if it wasn't a day that ended with a Y, there wouldn't be. What we're going to talk about right now? What is that? That's, of course, some breaking news. All right. The very first thing I want to talk about is Ted, because Ted is out. I don't get a chance to watch this yet, but Ted is out the prequel series over on Peacock. It's fresh out there in the cock. And honestly, everybody, I checked it out. It's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. They wanted to do like more Mark Wahlberg, but they were talking about it going back and forth. The universe said, let's do a prequel. Of course, Marky Mark wasn't going to come back for a full season. He actually got reached out to. But you know, honestly, at the end of the day, uh, McFarlane was like, it's not going to work out. So they cast somebody else. And his kids worked with him on a bunch of projects before. And it's pretty funny. And he said, Universal came to him. He's like, I had no idea they'd actually want to do this it's like a huge huge budget thing like almost our episodes and it's pretty funny i think it's worth checking out but it's on peacock all seven episodes dropped at once and honestly if you like ted and you like vulgar it's very fucking vulgar <laughs> if you, and if you like the way that he really gets into it's such everything it's just it's just interesting it's fun and my even my dad who was like 77 years old he couldn't get out of the room he kept watching it. even though it wasn't his cup of tea he still had a good time but that's back everybody and i think it's a good prequel to come back and it makes sense for that franchise something doesn't make sense to me is do more succession but brian cox says that the idea has been floated to him multiple times like he should come back for more succession now spoiler alert everybody i'm gonna say right now spoiler alert couple plug your ears i'm gonna say he dies so if you're gonna if you're gonna do more of him, like you must have to have a prequel thing or something like that. But the show did so well again, been nominated for so many awards right now. It's just cleaning up right now in awards season. Like just let it be, let this go. But he said, you know, if the, the creator comes back, serious creator Jesse Armstrong comes back and it, the script is good enough, he'll do it. But honestly, I think that just leave it alone. Leave it alone. You did so great with this, let it go. It didn't like become a show that went on too long. They're like, why the hell are we doing more of this? But you know what? That happens with shows. They see something that's like a, it's a hit, so let's do more, let's do more, do more. That's why we another spinoff of Big Bang Theory. Of course, they're calling it a spinoff of Young Sheldon is coming. Now, CBS just announced this. They're moving forward with this. And it's going to focus on Sheldon's older brother and his fiance. And I mean, they're not much plot details before that. But besides that, they did say they are going to do another pin, a spinoff of Big Bang Theory. Besides this, this is not that one. They announced that months ago, too. So you're getting two more spinoffs of Big Bang Theory. This is going to start moving forward. They want to do this a sitcom, actually. Go back to the Big Bang Theory format. Multi-cam, get back on a soundstage, shoot 13 episodes, and a multi-camera you know, production. So honestly, 
it makes sense to go back to that format, but I don't think we need more Big Bang Theory spinoffs or a Young Sheldon spinoff. I don't know. But you know what? Chuck Lorre's going to make a lot of money doing it, so let's keep going forward. I do think we need more, and we are getting more, of White Lotus. And White Lotus is moving forward right now. Production, right now, season three is starting to shoot in, uh, in, uh, in Bangkok, actually. It's going down in early February. So that's going to start shooting soon. So casting notifications are coming out. They're saying right now it's going to be larger, bigger, crazier, and they don't want to give away too much detail, but it's going to be the biggest, they're always the biggest season yet for White Lotus, which is a lot of fun, this show. I've had a great time watching both seasons. Jennifer Coolidge being gone is going to be a big bummer. They're saying they're trying to work something out, but I don't say, again, again, spoiler alert, cover your ears, you know, you know cover your baby's ears, earmuffs, she fucking dies too. So I don't know how you bring her back though too, unless this is a prequel, but they're going to talk about it. But Leslie Bibb is coming in. You got Jason Isaacs coming in this too, which would be kind of cool. Michelle Monaghan, Parker Posey. There's a lot of people coming on. That's going to be awesome. Natasha Rothwell is also coming back to the cast. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to be a big production, of course. And hopefully they do really well with it. Cause I like the first two. So keep it going, keep it going. But sometimes you got to look at a franchise and say, maybe it's time to die. This is not one of them, but I think scream is one of them and scream right now. Of course you lost two big actors, Lost the director. Now Nev Campbell's like, hey guys, if you need me eh, and pay me enough, I'll come back and save your franchise. So right now she did an interview recently talking about how she didn't come back for the last one because it was a money thing. She said that she thought she deserved more for her, pro- her place in the whole, you know, whole franchise and they just wouldn't pay enough for the Peacock series coming out now. So for her, she's like, well, I'm not going to do it. But now in this recent interview, she said, well, again, if they pay me enough, I'm going to come back because I am you know, this big character from the franchise. Maybe that's where I'll go. Maybe they will bring her back because they want to try to have something else or losing so much but then again maybe they'll sort of die and they'll go the wayside and she says that hopes doesn't happen but a lot of times that does happen when things start falling apart like this but we'll have to wait and see but nev campbell wants to come back if you pay her enough but some of that will will be coming back very soon he has no way of saying no to this is michael jackson but there the biopic is coming so the biopic is coming and it's his his nephew jafar jackson who's playing him we've talked about this before but they officially have the release date of april 18th 2025 and it's going to be coming out they're going to start working on it they've been it's like only like a year and three months away till it comes out and they just started shooting and it's going to focus on the film will present his triumph and tragedies on an epic cinematic scale his genius exemplified by his most iconic performances and never before audiences will experience an inside look inside one of the most influential tantalizing artists the world has ever known that's right michael jackson everybody is coming back and it's not ai form actually it's gonna be his you know it's gonna be his nephew playing him which i think is great this whole ai thing is going nuts and i think honestly i take a break from all that but you know what it's getting better and better and better so we'll have to see where it goes from there but michael jackson's biopic i'm interested i know there's a lot of mixed reviews on this but i'm interested because he was the king of pop and somebody else that was also the king of well i guess oh he's also a king of pop but also a king of just being himself is prince and prince is getting a musical now based off of what Purple Rain. That's right. Uh, Purple Rain, his actual film, is coming out. They're going to do a whole musical number for Broadway. And they're going to have the Pulitzer uh, Prize winner, Braden Jacobs, coming in to actually create it and make this and, and bring it into direction. And then they're also going to have it be like horse lyrics and from all of his songs and music and all that going to be for inspiration for the actual music of the performance for this big Prince musical. And it's been, um, you know, almost 40 years since the film came out. It's a long time ago. And of course, he just he passed away in 2016. So he's been gone for a long time and unfortunately it was because of fentanyl and it's just sad you hate to see these big musicians just go through this shit and then you know it's like you think they're never gonna die and then they die and then it's like they're at their height of their fame and then all of a sudden just gone but somebody else at their height of their fame right now too is of course taylor swift and there's this thing going around town everybody i saw this and it's being pushed by some media forums i don't follow a lot of times but they're trying to say that Taylor Swift was apparently approached to be a, well, everybody ready for this? To be 
quoted as a uh, an asset to NATO and to the federal government. That's right. They want to use her as an as a Pentagon psychological operations unit. They want to put her part of this apparently to help them out with NATO, and uh, they want to make her a, a psyop for combating online misinformation, which a psyop is a person who secretly participates in psychological operations, usually recruited by the government and military or the police to influence the beliefs and motions and behaviors of the masses. Now, this is not real. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is being blown up all over the place. And now, of course, there was this like academic video that came out that was sponsored by nato that they were talking about this misinformation and they were talking as different people that could be a part of like the whole story that could maybe help and they said taylor swift but it wasn't ever like they approached her nato actually it's, it's not a thing it's not a thing the pentagon even came forward and said hey everybody as for this conspiracy theory we're just going to shake it off fun pun right there guys fun pun so <laughs> taylor swift is not a secret ops out there trying to uh deal with secret misinformation on the internet she's not she's not that person so if you see this everybody it's a lie and uh i mean it's it's just it's just a conspiracy maybe she is i don't know they're trying to say that that's why she got so big because she's been working for the federal government and people are saying obama's doing it. i don't know obama's been gone for a long time i don't know guys yeah, whatever that's what it is but also somebody else been gone for a long time might come back well i think it's a long stretch but maybe it's daniel day lewis and Martin Scorsese was recently saying, we talked about the flowers, the colors, flower moon. He was like, hey, I would love to have. He actually said, we did two films together and it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Maybe there's time for one more to happen with him and Daniel Day-Lewis. Of course, the Age of Innocence and the Gangs of New York. And he's hoping that he can get him to come out of retirement again to do this. But who knows what the hell he's doing these days. I mean, he became a shoe cobbler for years and disappeared from Hollywood and came back. So maybe he'll come back. I don't know. I love Daniel Day. I think he's a great actor. I think, honestly, his performance is always kick ass. People get scared when, he's get, when he gets come back from retirement because he kicks ass. And he always gets Oscars, so I bet a lot of people in Hollywood don't want to come back because they want to get Oscars. But you know what? Honestly, I say Bray and I, if they can do a great combination, maybe it'll happen. But another big combination right now is, of course, we're talking about the GOATs, the greatest of all time. Well, 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 Jordan Peele is making a new horror film called GOAT. Now, of course, this is a whole thing that he's actually not going to be directing this one, but he's pushing it forward and having Justin Tipping be the director behind all this. And of course, he just did this indie film called Kicks. And also on top of that, the, the logline for this is about a promising young football player who gets caught up uh, uh gets called up to be trained by this legend the soon to retire legend and through that there's a psychological thriller tag it's a safe bet it's going to be a warm and fuzzy sports movie about legacy but they're also saying there's to be some kind of psychological twist beyond this but anyways they're gonna have marlon wayans come in to play the retiring soon to be retiring football star and they haven't found the person yet will be the up and rising person but Jordan Peele has been saying this is like one of his best projects ever. He's really excited about him and Monkey Paul Productions, so hopefully it's good. And they're still looking for that young star, so maybe they'll find somebody. But hopefully it's good. Honestly, hopefully it's good because that young star will not be Jonathan Majors. Because Jonathan Majors keeps losing more and more roles. And again, he just lost his latest role. I knew it was going to happen playing Dennis Rodman. That's right. He was up to play Dennis Rodman. And this movie was called 48 Hours in Vegas. And it was about a trip, a two-day trip that, that Rodman took to Las Vegas during the 1998 NBA Finals. Now, he's been attached to this for a long time. Now that this all came out, all the allegations are actually been, well, of course, he was charged. And now he's going to be going through sentencing. They've dropped him officially from the movie. So, unfortunately, for Jonathan Majors, he will not be playing Rodzilla anytime soon. And he probably won't be at the Emmys anytime soon, but the Emmys are live right now. As I said, the 75th annual Emmys are on. They're on right now. I think they're almost probably done, but uh, I'm going to check them out after the show. I've been planning for the show. It's, it's on right now. After a four-month delay, finally out due to the strikes is happening. Of course, everything's been delayed multiple times. And hopefully, it's good. It's on Fox. You can watch it tomorrow on Hulu after the fact. Because you're watching Truth Control. So, watch it tomorrow on Hulu after the fact and enjoy the I mean, so we'll watch together.
But, you know, a lot of breaking news, everybody. A lot of breaking news. Very exciting times. And honestly, John the Majors, I'm not surprised that Rod Zillowing is going away. What's going on? Welcome to the show. Uh, I, I, you know, I just knew that was going to happen. Unfortunately for him, it's like the dominoes stack up and they fall at once because when something like this happens, you just stun. And, and, you know, I don't, I believe what happened happened at the end of the day, he's gonna have a hard time coming back from what he went through. So honestly, We'll find somebody else to play Rod Zoll. They will. But a lot of breaking news are like, a lot of breaking news. And this is that time we put that man in the clock for everybody to have a second to give all of what we like to say is there. They're hot takes. Come on. All right, now it's time for some hot takes, everybody. And of course, if it's your first time, first time on Cruise Control, hot takes is that time where all of our guests and our lovely co-hosts get to sit down. We put a man in the clock, and they have to get them all their hot takes for all the latest breaking news. That's 12 stories in one minute. They give us their hot takes. If they get it, and it happens, they get the pop and circumstances, the fireworks go off, the flares, the, the candy, the cotton candy in the air, all the balloons, all the freaking special effects go way crazy, and they win. And if they don't, of course, then we get the buzzer, they lose, and unfortunately... There's not, not much I can do about it. We do a poll afterwards. You decide who wins the hot takes. So you let us know who wins the hot takes at the end of the day. But it's a fun time. We have a bomb in the clock. You're going to find out very soon if it's your first time. If it's not your first time, get ready for some great hot takes. I know it's happening. I know it's happening. And as always, I go to my co-host for the night. So Rachel, who's going first for hot takes here? It's, it's, a, lot of, it's a lot of news. Um, I think the hottest one has to give us the hottest takes in the, in the hottest order. So Lexi's going to go first. All right, Lexi. Oh. <laughs> hottest takes, hottest order, <laughs> hottest person right now. You should have made the person who was late go first. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You got to put the pressure on them. Too late. Go right. Too late. Uh, it's okay. already been decided. Okay. I, think it's, I think it's already been decided. All right. Yeah, yeah. It is. Lexi, I believe in you. I believe in you, Lexi. You got this. I really do. All right. I'm putting that man on the clock. Are you ready for your hot takes? I am. I never okay. won one of these, so here we go. <laughs> All right. Hot well, takes. David Banner likes your hair, so Two. you got this. Yeah, there is that. So. Hot takes! Uh, so, Ted, I didn't like the movie, so I don't care about the show. Um, I think. Uh, I don't remember what the second one was. Young Sheldon. Uh, I can't believe they're making like a spin off of that. Like, I don't know how that show is even having success. Um. I didn't watch Succession. Maybe that was the second one. Um, yeah, second one. But I know it does really well. And so, like, I see why they make a movie out of it. But I also, like, know the show ended. So, move on. White Lotus. Go ahead and do more with it. I know it does really well. The um, yeah, Lewis coming out of retirement is fucking awesome. But also, like, Scorsese is kind of getting old. So, I don't know about that. Scream 7 is a disaster. I don't know why she would want to come on to that after all the shit that's been going on with it. Um... The Purple Rain, that sounds fucking awesome. He should totally do that. Uh, Michael Jackson, biopic's gonna be a fuck up. Um, don't let that dude from the Marvel movies fucking act. And I failed. <laughs> but I tried. Lexi, you did good, and I hate to do this to you. I'm sorry, but. I know. Yeah, I know. You know what? I'm used to this. This is, this is what I'm hey, saying. Hey, you, you know what, though, Lexi? You might still win hot takes because up the audience. The audience might be like, hell yeah, that's the best hot takes of the night. So you can't uh, feel bad yet. And you got some great points there. So don't don't feel bad yet. Rachel team Lexi. This. David Banner's Team Lexi. There you go. There you go. It's because of the hair. <laughs> what do you think there, Rachel? So are you going to go next or are you going to have Paul go next? Yeah, I'll, I'll go next. We'll save We'll save late for last. He showed up last. He gets to go on last. <laughs> hey, you know, no one even known he was late. <laughs> 
I called them out. That's my. Point. I know Lexi just had to call them out like that. Cool. Everybody's well, always picking on the blonde guy. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, Rachel, I believe in you. Lexi had some hot takes. I'm ready for yours. Are you ready for your hot takes? Let's do this. All right, hot takes in three, two, one. Hot takes. Um, Ted costs a lot of money. Of course it did. You have like an animatronic puppet guy. Those are expensive. Um, succession movie. I think if the show was successful enough, the cast is down for it. Sure, go ahead and do it. Young Sheldon. The year is six is is twenty sixty five. All the shows are Big Bang Theory spinoffs. Stop it. Um, <laughs> White Lotus casting. Uh, sure, I, that they always hit it out of the park with that. Uh, Nev Campbell is great. I'm glad she's doing better health-wise. Jackson biopic seems unnecessary. Uh, Purple Rain on stage. They make every musician into a stage show now. Sure, I think it'll be good. Taylor Swift, um, not a government operative. Why would she be? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Daniel Davis, great actor. Come on back out. Goat casting. Um, th- that man prints money. That movie's going to do well. Uh, Jonathan Majors, he doesn't look like Rodman anyway. And the Emmys are on tonight. I hope they make some good choices. Some good people win some great awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel got it. Everybody, she got to give her the fire receiver, all the special effects, give her some confetti. I don't know what's happening. It's not working. So I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I think we're haunted tonight. I think we're haunted already. Uh, watch this. Uh, Rachel, right. Rachel, how do you feel, though? Do you feel good? I'm feeling good, feeling great, feeling confident. So uh, we're good. Well, who, I, I think you decided some great hot takes to make a fake article about Taylor Swift being a government operative. That's ridiculous. That's so weird. You're just yeah, trying to like sell clicks at that point. I, I know. Why. I know, right? Who did that? Get out of here. I know. Why. <laughs> really stupid. It's right. the dumbest thing. I heard that, that they, and I was just like, like, what the hell, right? They don't want younger right. people voting, and she's getting people excited to vote. Mm-hmm. That's what it's coming down mm-hmm. to. Yeah, like she's not a government operative. Like, come on, <laughs> she's, she's a very psyops. successful she's a entertainer. Spy. Yeah, yeah. She's not a spy. only is she the busiest woman in entertainment, she's a spy. Yeah, that's, right? that's, like, that's like, how busy she is. I'm for that shit too. <laughs> Be like, well, I didn't get to talk about goat because that goat movie looks fucking awesome. It looks cool, and he and he's like literally Jordan yeah. Peele saying that that's going to be like one of the best things he's written. He's really excited about. It. I'm surprised he's not directing it, but he's doing more producing now. About um. The Wayne's brother being in it because I love seeing him do dramatic work. Mm. When he does it, yeah. it's so good. So it's like, I think he's going to be really good in it. Fingers crossed. Paul, are you ready for your hot takes? No, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I believe you, Paul. You got All this. Right. You got this. All right. Hot takes in three, two, one. Hot takes. Ted uh, being expensive, like, it makes total sense. Um, I hope it's good. I'm going to check it out. Brian Cox doing a succession movie. Doubt it's going to happen. Uh, if anything, I would love a prequel. Uh, Young Sheldon. I auditioned for Young Sheldon, uh, so I have to be careful what I say. But uh, the spinoff coming, uh, sure, more work for me. White Lotus casting announced. Um, you know, uh, I love White Lotus season one. I haven't seen season two, but I'm looking forward to it either way. Nev Campbell, please come back to scream and fix what's happened. Michael Jackson biopic. I hope it's good. That'll be really teetering on good or bad. Purple Rain. Yes, I love it. Taylor Swift, not a government asset. That's stupid. Daniel Day-Lewis out of retirement. Please, he's the best actor ever. Goat casting news. Love it. Anything Jordan Peele, I love. Jonathan Majors dropped from Rodman movie. 
totally expected that due to the craziness happening behind the scenes. Uh, the Emmys are on tonight. I'm going to miss them, but I'm looking forward to seeing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everybody. Yeah. Oh, God, everybody. Oh, God. Paul holds the field. Give him the lights. Give him the facts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I, I live uh, this I, <laughs> How's it feel, Paul? Does it feel good? It feels better than anything I've ever done in my life. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, well, it does. It does. It is it's a fun thing. I'm putting the poll out there right now. You get to decide who on the hot takes. Let us know right now. Putting the poll out there and and keep us posted because we're excited to see it running right now in the chat. Uh, but yeah, hot takes across the board. I agree. The, the Taylor Swift thing is, is just nuts. And there's a lot of stuff like that goat thing could be a lot of fun. That It could be a lot of fun. So and the yeah, Emmys, I'll check them out too later on. I hope they're good. We'll probably talk about the show on Wednesday or something like that. And of course, again, before we go into our next segment, again, I'll say we have uh, the creators of the Steamboat Willie Horror Project out there right now on YouTube that just is blowing up the internet. They're here with us live on Wednesday. So get ready for that interview on Wednesday. Power Cruise awesome. Control. Can't wait to talk to them about it. Very excited excited to have nick and david on they're awesome guys it's gonna be a lot of fun talking about it but yeah yeah a lot of stuff happening everybody new year for cruise control new stuff happening as always and of course it's that time we got a lot to talk about so now it's time everybody for us to get into it come on The very first thing I want to talk about is Fast and the Furious 7. Fast 7 for 7 for 7 dozen. I don't know, 11 for 11. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. For 11. Fast 11. Fast 11, everybody is coming. And, like it's Paul <laughs> something's happening but you know ben, ben diesel is coming back as of now he's coming back but there's a lot of stuff happening now he said they're gonna do 11 and 12 back to back but now it's kind of coming out that they might only do one more cut the budget the last one was 340 million dollar budget they will go under 200 million dollars for this next movie insiders are leaking this stuff and they're saying they're trying to go back to basics go back to like one core mission they have to do they might take out jason momoa a little bit he might be there but not the main main person that they're gonna be battling the whole time big changes happen in the franchise Franchise. They're not saying it's due to the sexual allegations against, you know, Vin Diesel, but that might be something going down. I mean, of course, he's innocent until proven guilty. This is from a long time ago. Uh, those allegations came out right before the holidays. We'll have to see how that factors in. This started came, this started coming in though now, which is, you know, not that long after those allegations. So maybe they're just trying to like tie up the boat fast and be done with it. I don't know. I think though, if they were planning on to do two more, it's kind of difficult to switch it up that much, but the last one didn't do as well as they hoped either. So maybe it's one of those things that's kind of, you know, this franchise just ended as fast as they can and like cut it off. I mean, I feel like it's done so well for universal. They just keep going, but it might be allegations. It might not for me. I think it's fine to do one more. One more and call it a good. It's 11. It's a weird number to end on, but overall, we've had 10 movies already. They should have ended at 10 as opposed to trying to go to 12, but I don't I gotta tell you, we, we have an expert though. We have an expert on the program today about Fast and the Furious, and I'm very excited to go to her first. We can get her inside take on this. And uh, yeah, it was a cliffhanger. You're right, Queen. It was a cliffhanger. And so it's like we have that going into the next movie too. But Lexi, you've studied these movies for a long time. You know them inside and out, left, right, square, upside down on your head. What do you think about this? Do you think there's some truth that maybe it's about the Vin Diesel allegations, or do you think it makes sense for the franchise to just do one more and call it a day as, a two, as opposed to doing a two-part deal? Um, 
Well, I, I was reading the thing, and they were like, they want to get back to basics. And I was like, but they didn't explain what getting back to basics meant. And they <laughs> keep saying, well, and they said, they said that in 10, 10's going to have more street racing. And that's like, 10 didn't exactly have more street racing. And the street race it did have, like, was a weird bomb race. Like, it was not. So it really didn't get back to basics either. No. And so I'm like, I'm not sure when they make that statement, what they mean. I think what they mean is getting back to basics is um, we don't have a hundred thousand dollars or we don't have a hundred million more than we did in the last (laughs) film. So we've got to cut our special effects budget. Like, I don't really know what they mean by that exactly. Like, and I I also was reading that they are introducing a new villain. And uh, so I was like, what happened to Momoa? Because like, like every, like was stated in the chat, the last film ended on a cliffhanger. And um, so what? We're just not concluding that? We're not moving on from that? Like, everything stopped. Like, the next film needs to start where everything stopped. So what? Like, Momoa's gone, everything that, that, because Momoa literally, like, started everything and stopped everything in the middle of everything. So, like, he flew away with some shit and everybody, like, what? We're just ignoring that? Like, you can't ignore it. Momoa was a great villain. So I don't understand how like you're doing that. And at the same time, you stated that you wanted to make 12. You can't stop at 11. Like I know there's like that statement of, well, you can stop from the more. No, you can't because the way that you've situated everything with 10, you're going to have a lot of work to do with 11 to conclude everything that you started in 10, because 10 is a huge story. And like you're, Building eleven up to be a middle film, you know what I mean? It's like a Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah, like an ending trilogy. Like that, the next film is clearly middle pieces, and that the 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 twelfth film is necessary to give us the big bang go out that we need for the series. So, I don't really care what happens to Vin Diesel. You can fuck off. Like, you can do something with his character in this one and have twelve end with fucking Rodriguez be the lead for it. I really don't give a shit you need to give us some sort of major conclusion to this series. You can have the son be the one that be the concluder for the series and have us pull some kind of thing. Like his son ends up being a badass and all of this and like have that be the transition into doing more shit with the series and have the kids be like the, the next generation and build the next generation series. This is a franchise that you can build on. This is a franchise you can keep going and going and going with if you work it right, but not with what you have. You can't keep taking these characters and these people. There are people you can. Like, I guarantee you that you can keep working Michelle Rodriguez into aspects of this as, like, a motherly figure to keep, like, guiding these kids. You know what I mean? As, like, oh, a yeah. background character, but not as a main figure. You can take a lot of these people and put, like, Tyrese you can throw in as a background character as, like, not a main figure to, like, help guide. But no one, like, ludicrous background character to help guide. But nobody has a main character, right? John Cena, you could put as a secondary character to help in the continuous. He guy. died. He'll be back. Yeah, he'll be he's back. Staying. I mean, back nobody really. You can die and in this so, franchise easier, really, really easy. But I mean, honestly, it's like I know what you're saying. Also, like the middle piece, you need to have that. Cena building plan. They can, the kids be a big thing later on. Like their kids could be the big family. Cena could take over um, um, Vin Diesel's position in the film series. Mm-hmm. You could, Absolutely. you could easily. Bring him back from the dead, which you will, because we already know he's not dead. There's no way he died from that sequence. There, there's no way. And not just because it's a Fast and the Furious film, but because it just seemed too too stupid in the way everything happened, that that's how they would kill that character. It was too basic. I'm like, you got to have a bigger off with him. So you could potentially off Vin Diesel and have Uncle take over 
as the lead of the, the series if if Universal wanted to take it away from him. But I think you can't. And I talked about this before. He has I think so much ownership. Can. That's what I mean. He has yeah, too he's much probably, ownership he's so wrapped up in that. Fast and the Furious that like he would have to give up right to the character essentially Which, is what he'd have to do and like because like he owns so much of a percentage of it that it's his franchise and even though universal owns a small percentage too he also owns such a high stake in it that they can't do anything in the series without him it he has he has in fast and the furious what jk rowling has in harry potter he is oh yeah to fast and the furious what she is to that so look at it that way and understand it that way. And so if you understand it like that, then everything makes a lot more sense. And you're like, Oh shit, this guy like basically owns this. Like this is his for life. Like he has like so much ownership in all of this. And so anything with it branded, he has ownership on too. He gets a percentage of like, this is his fucking cash cow. And 100%. like, so he's got rape allegations against him. You're not going to take his cash cow away from him. He has so much of stake in it and so much of an ownership in it. You're not going to take it. Like, I don't know, like how how yeah, you I mean, the, the allegations would have to take him down exactly. so hard they would have to like take everything from him. You know what I mean? And there's no way that it possibly could with the power that he has in the industry and what he's yeah. holding. His franchise is too powerful to have a franchise that has that many films under its belt, that many cartoon series, that many licensed products. I like the cartoon yeah, would be awesome. Forget it. <laughs> forget. Well, there already is. There's there's they, they have it on Netflix. There's a bunch of CG cartoons. They did make like a cartoon. Oh, I didn't see yeah, that. That's bunch. funny. Yeah, they're not good. They're, I didn't they're see bad. But like my I point see being is like, it's to make the rock the main character. Audience. Yeah, just make the kids. rock the main character have his character take over for the whole franchise just to piss Vin Diesel off. Well, you could <laughs> you could absolutely make um, Hobbs and Shaw a series. It's mm-hmm. questionable, and there would be oh, uh, people would love it. And people would it would take off well. It would do well. They're great actors. So that's a yeah. a good segue to something. I was going to bring up. Um, Lexi mentioned that you really couldn't wrap this up up in one movie. I think you could wrap it up in two films, but what you're getting is a Hobbs and Shaw movie and a Fast and Furious movie instead of two mainline Fast and Furious movies. Because the last Fast and Furious movie ended the the post they were moving towards getting getting Hobbs and Shaw back together to go deal with Jason Momoa, um, who I think was a really good villain. Uh, I don't. He's that's great. maybe not a very popular opinion, I but I think him. he was the best part of, of ten. There um, is discussion, not to cut you off, Rachel, of Hobbs hmm. and Shaw being the film where they are going to go after Momoa, and that Fast and the Furious Eleven yeah. will have a new villain. That doesn't have anything to do with Momoa because Hobbs and Shaw will now be taking on him instead. That'd be interesting. I, I, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a bad way to go with it, honestly. Not to yeah. cut you um, off, but that was a discussion of what was possibly yeah. going, and that's what that teaser was meant to be. Not that mm-hmm. he will be back mm-hmm. in the series, but rather that he'll be back with Hobbs, Hobbs and, and Shaw. Shaw. And then there was yeah. a lot of debate. Which Hobbs and Shaw was a great spinoff. It was a great spinoff, Let's and they have a better character dynamics. They have a much better character dynamic for the series. We don't yeah. need Vin Diesel for this universe to continue. No, um, we don't. I think if they find a way to get Vin Diesel to write the contract so he no longer has to be a part of it, it's going to be really difficult and complicated, though, because Universal has sunk so much money into 
the franchise between there's attractions at several parks. There's all sorts of Vin Diesel all over the fucking place. So they're going to have to spend quite a bit of money to kind of get them out of there. Um, so it's really kind of, it might happen. It might not. We, we don't really know. You know, I think, I think to remember about this too, with Fast and the Furious, and one thing why we don't want to see it go away is that I want it really is one of the last bastions awesome. of like traditional action films that we have left in theaters. Right. Like no fucking superhero stuff. Like I know that like we, we laugh and make jokes about it, but that's like a straight up traditional, like 80 style, like action film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we don't get yeah. a lot of that nowadays. And like, if you just want an action movie, these are the movies to go to, right? Yeah, it's, it's good action. It's good. It's fun action. It's like over it the top action. It's in fun. your face. What's up, Sassy? An operation. Sassy says, "I yeah, I agree. I, I get it." A lot so, of people feel that I can way. never get enough. I love these movies. Yeah. Like, we, we can't I get, get enough. I have a I watch a everyone. I can't stop watching. Cup. <laughs> I, I have, I have a story. Yeah, I have a story about Fast Ten. Uh, so I, I no shade at anybody who loves these movies. I actually like most of them. Uh, I got into them a couple of years ago and I was like, this isn't too bad. They're fun action movies. Like you were saying, they're really cool. Uh, I went to see fast 10 in the theater last year and about 30 minutes in, I got up and walked out and asked for a refund. <laughs> and I oh never, I never do that. I, but the movie was edited so poorly and it, it just pissed me off so bad that I had to get a refund. And, uh, wow. I just, it just not, I don't know what it was. There's, there was so much wrong with this movie for me. Um, I hope the series gets back to what it was and, and, and gets back on, you know, some kind of, I don't know, good path for me. Uh, I'm glad people are enjoying it. I'm glad, you know, Lexi, you're enjoying it. I, I no shade, but uh, I just couldn't take it. I, oh, I had they've gotten it. stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and defend these movies. Like, if you want to know what the best one is, five is. Five's the best one. Yeah, five's the best times. one. Five is the best one. It's the it's got the best like action sequences. It's the most traditional effects. Um, you know, yeah. Paul Walker's at his peak in that. They really like peaked at that series right there. Six is really weak after that. Like, I think like when you look at five, you're like, you really expect it to go up from there. Seven, you can seven look at and good, right? Seven was sitting on like a, Tokyo a ride of potential, but like seven <laughs> failed because you know, Tokyo Drift's the best one. Like, seriously, <laughs> no, Tokyo Drift is the uh, best Fast and the Furious film, hands down, all day. <laughs> oh, all day. The oh. best one. Oh, Tokyo Drift. God. Part two is really good too. Part two and part, part three are like some of the best fast and the furious films like especially if you want like traditional action films with like amazing stunt driving sequences two and three fucking hands down the best like amazing but like seven seven could have been an amazing film if walker hadn't died and i genuinely think there was like a great film sitting there that just like they just didn't know what to do with i think that juan did his best with what he had and i think the action sequences are really strong but like Man, the acting is bad, and you can tell Diesel's not in it. He checked out like halfway through the film. The ending is really awful. I thought like, I thought Fast Ten felt like if an AI Fast, wrote a Fast and Furious movie. Fast Ten has a lot. Fast Ten has a lot of issues. Jason Momoa was amazing in it. He's like yeah, one of the I, best. I, he was enough for me. Yeah, I wish and he was so, enough for me. I, he was having fun. I, I enjoyed he's him. Having fun. But, 
I just he wasn't enough like, for me to like it. He's not a great actor for me in a lot of things, and this is one of those films where I really think he shines. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is the kind of roles he's really well suited to. And That's I was why like, he's going to gonna be him. great as Lobo. Right. Yeah, he's a great Lobo. Amazing casting is that. Like, I can't think of a better yeah. casting. He'll he'll do an amazing yeah. job with that. So like, I want to see that 100. percent Not a great casting for Aquaman. I think initially he was, but then when when he had to carry the films by himself. They weren't good films. So I was really excited about him as Aquaman when he was in, you know, the, um, oh, God damn it, what is it? Justice League? Uh, Justice League films, yeah. strong side characters. Yeah. strong villains. He's, he's, he's great in Dune. He's excellent in Dune. He's great. He's great in Dune. I still like him as yeah. Aquaman. I like the first Aquaman movie. I haven't seen the second one yet, but I still enjoyed it. It, it, it. It's fine. He's just fun character. I don't know, but... Yeah, honestly, I think that he just has a great time, and it didn't mix well with Vin Diesel in these movies. There's a lot of drama that I heard after the fact on set. How Vin Diesel wasn't happy; he was getting all the, the praise about the whole movie, as opposed to like like was shitting on the movie. Like, but you know, Jason Moore was awesome though, and that's I think that really hurt too. So I think maybe that also would be why, as a producer, he might be trying to phase him out a little bit too. That could be Vin Diesel. And I, I've heard that so for jealous. years. He's he gets jealous. So jealous. When people everything. like yeah, him better, absolutely. He's maybe renowned for being difficult. Well, they, I don't think you watch these movies and call these movies. He was good. like, mm. like yeah. Oh, Queen, Queen. Just wait. <laughs> Just, wait. Just wait. Just <laughs> wait. And also, the whole Paul Walker story. thing, there has been a lot of rumors about Paul Walker coming back for the ending. Ending. I know his brother was on set. They were shooting last time. He was yeah. on set quite a bit, hanging out. They're friends. Been a lot of discussion about that. A lot of discussion. I have a feeling that he will be coming back in some form towards the end for the last movie, just for a, a final sit down with the family, have a Corona and toast, and that'll be it. Like, oh, Brian's here with the baby. You know what I mean? I think that's what we'll probably have at the end it's, because it's, it's all so about awkward. family. It's so awkward how they have awkward. all these. <laughs> yes. How they have these all this story, and it makes no sense that Brian's not there, and they're just like, he's not here for real. It really <laughs> stops making sense after eight too when they establish how much people are after everybody in these right in these films yeah. because of like what they've done. And they're like constantly being pursued, but somehow Brian is able like the the sister's there, but like the sister should be the sister's right. not home taking care of the kids. It's like the kids are like no. being taken care of by, by Paul Walker, who's apparently in some fortified compound that nobody knows about. They're like, it's totally fine with yeah. his, his magic skylines. He's just fine off like, screen. Don't worry yeah. about it. But yeah, like, we're going to go Christ, into a really yes. elite, really dangerous situation where the world could actually all end, but we don't need him. No, right. it's fine. We'll get Brian. Brian's too busy for <laughs> us right now. But I mean, Which, honestly, it's just what you get away with trying- that. If you had settled down your films and not made them so fucking bombastic and made it's them true. out right. there, if you if you had gone, you know, back to there's basics, like you're saying you want to do, I'm like, but there's not a going back to basics in these films. If you had back gone back, then you maybe you know you're chasing a bomb right, through city. I'm like, I don't see how you wouldn't want the best guy on your team there, but okay. Well, yeah, I tell you though, someone with a bomb trying to blow up a city these days is Cat Williams, everybody, because Cat Williams right now had this interview and it's blown up the internet right now, blowing the internet up 44 million views right now on this, on this, on this YouTube like, sit down podcast. He said on ESPN correspondent, Shannon Sharp's podcast, uh, Club Shay Shay, and he just talked about the business, just talking about the business, uh, talking about when he played Money Mike and Friday After Next, how there was like supposed to be a prison rape scene. And he said that, you know, wasn't funny, it's told him to take it out. 
out later that was debunked well he it was said that it was and ice cube said it didn't happen but who knows he also went down and, uh, after ke- all these comedians so it's a big thing it's a big thing because he actually was exposing a lot of these comedians and saying the industry isn't what it used to be that they're not actually working hard enough they're not like him they're not really giving it their all and a lot of these people have just got opportunities like kevin hart hit Kevin Hart hard. Pretty much said Kevin Hart was a Hollywood plant put into the business. Like he moved to LA and all of a sudden he goes, he's like got a, a special, he's doing stand-up everywhere. He came on nowhere. He goes, he goes, but honestly, I has no memory of a sold out Kevin Hart show ever, but there being a line for him, everyone ever giving him a standing ovation. That's what he said at a comedy club. He said that all these details, all these, like these shows, he said, there's all these movies he did that were movies that he passed on then Kevin Hart took and made money with, which that can happen to a lot of people. They're going to find somebody to take that role. But he pretty much called him a Hollywood plant and said that he was a poser, not a real comedian. Huge thing to attack him. He also attacked Cedric the Entertainer. He really got up in Cedric's ass. Like he went after Cedric saying, he called him a walrus for one thing. Called him a walrus. He goes, Cedric is sitting there telling you the, that he ain't a movie star because, well, he's not, he should be a movie star, but he's not a movie star. And he said, he can't get his arms off around, off around his stomach because he's so fat. He also said, why is he a movie star? He never wrote anything. Remember when Cedric the Entertainer, he said, starts, he's supposed to be singing, dancing, and telling jokes. That's why it's called the Entertainer. We found out he can't sing, he can't dance, and doesn't write his own jokes. <laughs> and so he just went hard. And Cedric came back at him. He told him, he also said that he, Cedric stole one of his best jokes ever. And that was like launched his career. And Cedric said, one joke wouldn't make my career. I'm doing so much beyond that. And he kind of gave a little fire back. Wasn't much, but not being like, hey, man, you do you. I'm doing me. I'm doing great. It's not going to bother me. But he went after him. He went after Kanye West, too. We'll talk about Kanye West being like, if we think this person actually has a medical condition, why we're not basing his life on a curve? And uh, and he you know, he only dated uh, dated and married Kim Kardashian was because she was a prostitute. Or it's like, it's like, what? And he just went after him, too. But he also said, like, maybe he doesn't feel bad for me. He also said that, you know, he just he's getting a raw deal. So that's one thing. Went after Harvey Weinstein. And it said that Harvey Weinstein actually came after one time and told him that he would suck his dick in the middle of a, a whole press room or a whole like agency and then he got banned or he got canceled because he said that before he was exposed as doing all the sexual assaults he went after steve harvey went after steve harvey too and said that nobody wanted to cast a country bumpkin black dude that can't talk good and looks like mr potato head and he said he stopped doing stand-up because they did a stand-up competition at one point called Championship of Stand-Up. And Cat Williams said he just dominated him in Detroit in front of 10,000 people. And after he lost, he just gave up comedy. When he gave up comedy doing stand-up, that's when he lost all the shows. He went after Ludacris, saying they were both approached by Illuminati. He went after Joe Rogan, being like, he hates me. And then Joe Rogan said, hey, I'll bring on the show now for this. He went after Martin Lawrence, saying he just wants to get him in a dress. And he tried to get him to Big Mama's house, too, put him in a dress. I'll never wear a dress. He's like, my friends try to put me in a dress. He went after Jonathan Majors, whole situation. Said he he wouldn't trust a white girl because the white girl can take a guy down in two weekends. He went after Ricky Gervais saying Ricky Gervais is the only good actor when he's dressed in a, as a woman and not a man. He went after Michael Blackson being like, this, you know, he's he's imitating being, you know, an African dude, but, he's, he, but his imitation is horrible. Like there's actual Africans that are better than him. I mean, he's going for everyone. Pays on love being like, he's nothing. I mean, he's going after everybody in this interview and people are firing back at him left and right. He really just like attacking the comedy world. And he's just blasting on being like, no one works hard enough to be a comedian. And no one's a stand up anymore. It's all part of the machine. And he just blasted everybody being like, they're just, they just aren't doing it right. And it's not there anymore. And the comedy is not the same place. And he was in a, a three hour session about this. And it's been blowing up the internet. Everyone's been talking about it. We haven't talked about it. I think he's ballsy as shit. I mean, he's been around for a long time. He's fucking great. So I get it. The whole thing on uh, Friday after next Friday, whatever, he was doing a lot of stand up or a lot of uh, improv during the scenes. And they use most of it. So he was saying that Mike Money was like, 
all his. He wrote the whole thing, but that happens on set. You improv a lot of times, and then that stuff gets used. It happens all the time, especially in comedies. But I think like what he's trying to say is like like these people steal my jokes a lot of times, and he hasn't gotten credit for what he's actually contributed, and he's just mad about it. He's just voicing his opinion, and everyone loves it. I mean, 44 million views. It's fucking nuts. It blew up the internet, and uh, stealing people's jokes is not cool. Um, uh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. You're right, Ty. He's fucking brilliant. He's fucking hilarious motherfucker. And I think this was meant to be just like, guys, the business, from my perspective as a comedian, is corrupt just like everything else. And these people aren't what you think. And I'm just going to tell you how I feel based off all my experience. And people loved it. They ate it up. And I think it's, you know, brave of him to say it. But also, of course, he's going to say it. he's a fucking comedian. He's fucking balls to the walls. will tell you how he feels. Paul, you heard about this probably. What do you think about this whole situation? As a, as a comedian, do you think this will affect him like down the line? Do you think it'll stop him getting gigs or do you think that people will, you know, cheer him up even higher because he stood up and talked about how he felt about the business? It, it feels a lot like he's just nuking his career and not really caring. Um, I don't know why. Uh, and maybe he's just like, I'm, I'm through playing a, this game where I have to be nice about everything. But it, honestly, it's, it's kind of coming off as being a little, um, and, and I'm not saying he's wrong about everything he's saying. He might be right. Uh, but it just comes off as um, a bit dickish. <laughs> and uh, it's like, look, you you deal with people in your industry that you don't like, but you don't talk shit about them because you want to keep working. You want to keep working with people. And it seems like he just doesn't care anymore. Uh, he doesn't care if he works with these people. So, I mean... I go for it, I guess. It's just it doesn't seem like it's going to help your career much in the long run. Yeah, that's, he just he just he's going on. He's going for shock, shock laughs. He yeah. could be going for shock laughs too. And you know, also people have been saying that he has a new special coming out, so maybe it's helping to promote that too. People yeah. do that too, but I think it's 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 brave. It's very brave and ballsy, and a lot of people don't do this kind of stuff. And I think it is like something that could it could affect his career. But then again, like he probably doesn't care anymore. He's just having a good time. He's just maybe that he was feeling good that day. He just wanted to put out his feelings. I don't know. It's it's wild the the, the backlash that people everyone's responding to it, but also people are loving it. Rachel, what do you think about this? Do you think that that's what it is? It might maybe it'll be like blowing his career up, or do you think this is something that will make him even more like wanted and sought after? because he's been so you know exposing how he feels about hollywood or i guess show, show business in general um i think he's been around for decades and at this point it's not really going to hurt his career um we've seen comedians do much much worse and still have a career i mean louis ck is back touring people don't seem to care that much about what dave Chappelle has done and and to me personally what they did you know, Louis C.K. was actually, you know, illegal and immoral. And a little and bit of masturbation stuff happening there. <laughs> maybe, maybe don't, maybe don't do that. Uh, but if their careers can be okay, you know, Cat Williams can say some things about certain members of the industry. Um, I personally thought it was a great interview. I thought he had a lot of really interesting things to say. I think Shannon Sharp is a terrible interviewer. <laughs> he just fumbled at every fucking corner. That that man cannot handle an interview, especially with somebody who has like a lot of opinions. Yeah. Um, he just did not know what to do with himself. So I think mm. I think uh, maybe this isn't a good platform for Mr. Sharp. I think he, you know, maybe took a few too many footballs to the head. Um, <laughs> 
formulate the thoughts like he used to. Um, <laughs> but I think Kat did a great job, and it was a good interview. I liked forty-four million views. Isn't that, that crazy? Rape, that rape jokes are never funny. That was great because yep. he's like, and he also brought up there are things that we used to say that were okay at that time and you need to grow and you need to evolve as a comedian to stay current and to stay modern and i think that was a really important take that a lot of these old school comedians can really learn from yeah that's great that's a great point too yeah and he he was very i mean it's very sincere about stuff like that too and i don't think he really meant ill will mm -hmm. i just like he had a moment he just like it was it was the right time right place from just like vent how he felt about everything I imagine most of these people are a little pissed off. They're all responding. So it's like kind of have to. I guess someone calls you out like Cat Williams, you know? Uh, he's also been Luda like made this, a half-assed rap like, about it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, Luda, yeah, Luda, Luda all, yeah, made a half-assed rap because he's about, they've been involved with Illuminati. They're talking about like shaving their head that and getting like, so 200 million bucks or something. There's, there's, there's a lot. I mean, again, so much more from Luda. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Luda, I, come I don't, on, man. I know, Lexi, you've been, you've been itching to talk about this. I'm making you wait a little bit. <laughs> How do you feel oh, about this Cat fine. Williams interview? You think it's going to be, what do you think it's going to, it's going to blow his career up higher? Again, we've talked about how he's been around for a long time. Maybe it won't affect it at all, but how do you feel like down the line, any kind of ramifications we'll have from this? Cat Williams has always been a controversial comedian, like right from the start. He's never been like a top. He could have been top. Like he's always had the potential to be like a headliner and he's chosen repeatedly to not be. He wants to be where he is. He has control of his life, his career, like he said in his interview and stuff. <clears throat> they were like, oh, you're already drunk already when he started interviewing. He's like, no, I'm completely sober. And it was like, yeah, he is fucking completely sober. Cat Williams has done shit like this for years. He's done this in his comedy specials. He's done this like whatever. It's not anything super new from him, but it felt like a individual who is looking at the state of society and was like, I'm done. I'm done pretending and I'm done pretending that things are okay. And I'm done pretending that like with the way we've been behaving is already like, So I'm going to, I'm going to say something now finally. And he's like, I don't give a shit. He's like, it's not going to hurt me. It's not going to affect me. Cause it's not. And like, what's the last movie you remember him being in? What's the last like thing? Like he said, he's got, he's got Netflix specials. He's got whatever yeah. he's got. He's got money. He's got what he wants. He's in the comfortable position of his life that he wants to be. in. Right. he said that repeatedly in, in his interview, he's like, I'm fine. I'm where I want to be. I don't give a shit. He's like, what you think me saying this stuff is going to hurt me. He's like, it's not, it's not going to hurt me. I don't care. He's like, you can't hurt me. You can't take me down. I don't care. And I'm like, beautiful and uh the interview is great i i he says oh i thought it was going to be more bombastic which i've used that word twice now but uh, uh <laughs> that's good i thought it was going to be like more you know inflammatory because you know people have just taken the excerpts out for the internet and stuff like that but like he says some really deep intelligent poignant stuff throughout it and he uses these people as examples of like times when things were wrong and things were bad and Maybe there's a few that are a bit weird, like the ludicrous one. I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that one. Um, like that's that one's a little strange, but uh, yeah, that Illuminati say, stuff. <laughs> just to say that, like that was like whatever, and you know, fifty fifty on the um, Weinstein one. Like I don't know, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight with them, I'm not gonna debate with them, I'm not argue with them because overall, 
he seems to have some really intelligent, smart things to say. He wants the world to be a better place and he wants the industry to be a better place is what it seems like. And it seems like he's saying these things because he wants things to improve like yeah, be bought on a larger scale. So it's one of those kind of things where I'm just like, I don't know. I thought it was beautiful. I was really <laughs> super here for it. And um, yeah, I think more people thought we would be angry about it. And it was like, we're like, this guy's great. This is like so fucking smart. Hey. Like, when he like um, stopped the interviewer and was like, "What did you say about women?" And he's like, "No, he's like, that's not how this works." And oh, there yeah. was someone in the chat. Yeah. They Shannon did say Sharp that he said. Oh, I was just gonna say someone in the chat. Sorry, said Shannon he Sharp about said, other women, uh, um, oh, but yeah. he did actually talk about Wanda Sykes real quick. So he did oh, yeah. have a personal issue with Wanda Sykes. There was yeah, one female on comedian, but he didn't talk about her as a woman. He talked about the but fact he that he had an independent. He didn't go in on her the same way as like the men who stole his jokes and stuff, I think was what Glam was saying. He had had an individual issue she, with her. Yeah. He, he just talked about the, the interview she had with him where she kind of sprung some questions on her that he, or she, she sprung questions on him that he didn't agree to. And that he wasn't comfortable with, and he she she wasn't really disrespect she wasn't really respectful in that right. interview, and that's really kind of what he touched on there. It's just it's just wild to me though he actually went this far. I, I think it is great that he's able to voice opinion Sorry, not to worry about ramifications. But it's it's just I'm, I'm I'm like listening, and then I was reading the transcript afterwards. I'm like, oh my, I'm like I have to hear that again. What did he say? Uh, yeah, and then the whole thing with the you know about Ricky Gervais being like he's the only good actor when he plays a female, not a male. And then Ricky Gervais went after him too about like oh my kids or something. But Ricky Gervais has enough problems too in his life that he disappeared for a while as well. And I think he's just shining light on the on the community, being like guys get your shit together. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm always right. going to be great. I'm always do my thing. And none of you are going to stop or censor me, shut me up. But you're right. He's also learning like, like how to navigate through this new world. This is world that's changed a lot in comedy and it's, it's changed for the worse. I think sometimes because comedians should be have fair game to say what they're going to say and have fun and uh, give us a laugh. You don't know, like it. It's, it's, it's subjective. You know, it's what it is. It's, 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 it's fun though. Comedy is great. And I think he uh, did a great job in this interview and it's, it's definitely entertaining. I tell you that 44 million people loved it. I know it blew my mind. It blew my mind, but cat Williams is, uh, he's not it's stopping. Ins- it's insane. It's definitely out there. It's definitely something it's- people are talking about. It's like what we talked about the like, whole George the Carlin thing Sharp's on Friday. Talked about in fucking years. I think it's the most I've talked about cat Williams in years. Yeah, me too. I can't remember right. the last time I've really talked about him. Honestly, like I, I it's really brought his relevance up for sure. So I, mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't know if he did it because of that. Like, I don't think that was the reason he did it. I think he just, he's been sitting there listening to these interviews on that show. And he's just kind of sitting there, been stewing and going, oh no, I'm going to go on this I, show. And I'm going to tell him no, everything. Because I've had some Ra- fucking like. Yeah. Lexi and Rachel, you both convinced me. I think, uh, I think you're hundred percent right. Maybe I've just looked at a different <laughs> perspective on this, but man, if that's the stuff he's saying and he wants to change the way things are, hell yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. He, like he called Cohen. Shannon Sharp out hard because uh, Shannon wow. Sharp said um, you have to handle women with kid gloves. You can't really kind of go after them the same way you go after men. And he said, uh, do you want to delete that? You want to cut that? Are you sure you want to say that? Because you're about to, uh, you know, really stand against equality here. And he talked about, you know, wow. equality in the workplace and stuff for a good few minutes. Wow, there too. That's awesome. I got to watch that this. Was nice. You don't yeah. really see yeah. you don't really see comedians stand up for women too often. So no, nice. I think. I it's think amazing. when you take the clips, when all you watch is like the 15 minutes of people taking the clips of him, but kind of having these bump, like blow up moments, 
then mm -hmm. it it makes him look more psychotic and it makes him look like he's like just going crazy when you watch the whole interview he's very lucid he's very like awesome time there and when he has those moments they're very funny and they actually feel like a comic comedian giving a routine more than anything so even though they are a direct attack and he does come from a place and he does reach a point in that interview where he does kind of seem like he gets sick of the host. He's like kind of tired of the host shit in a lot of ways, but he's there for a purpose. It does feel like he's there for a purpose, but like, well, they, they he, weren't he, on the same level. I'd be frustrated no. having to be interviewed by him too. Like Cat Williams was way on a higher intellectual level than so what are we doing here right now? Like why are we even having this conversation with you? Yeah. But it was enough that I think that actually helped because then he was able to say more, you know, he was able to put more out there. And then maybe that's why it became almost like a, him just speaking his mind and no one like really trying to talk to him. He's just venting how he feels. And if you vent something like this, you, you cause wavelengths in the entertainment industry and in the comedy. And you could tell people are like shaken by it and they're responding to it. And I think maybe at the end of the day, it might help fix some things. It could someone like him steps forward and says something. It might, and I hopefully it does. There's one comedian he would not stop ripping on right from the start, though. What was that guy's name, though? I couldn't remember. Uh, the guy from Friday. I said, write his name down. Smiley. Smiley. Yeah. Yeah. That guy yeah. He would not. He would not from the start right to the yeah, end. He did he was, not like that. He guy would not stop ripping that guy apart. He was like, <laughs> and he was like, I will only work with him if he's in a dress from here on out because it's the only oh, time yeah. he can give a decent performance. And he's I put that dress. in my contract. <laughs> Just like, damn. That's that's he's his pretty. That guy to pieces. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, he was bombastic, and it's 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 <laughs> it was entertaining. Anyway, I know I know Cat Williams will have we'll be talking about him for a while. This as people come forward even more, we'll talk about it more. But honestly, it's it's quite an interview. Forty four million people have listened to it, if not more, and counting. Check it out. It's definitely eye opening, and I think that he gets a lot of points across that could you know that haven't been said out loud. And sometimes it's good to say it out loud. People don't do it. People hold stuff back to say it sometimes. And I think he's a person that can get away with it, and he'll be fine. And at the end of the day, good for him. You know, he was comfortable enough to say it. He made it happen. So, Cat Williams, everybody, check out the interview. Big his mind and just destroying people. But there's something else that does destroy people, swallows them whole, and it's from outer space, everybody. It's coming back to your TV or your screen very soon, and that's The Blob. The Blob is coming back for a remake again, again, again. And I know, like, I was on a podcast with Lexi before called Three Deemers, her podcast. I was over there with her and Kay Jacob. We were talking about the Blob, all these remakes they've had. 1958 version came out with Steve McQueen. We had the 1988 version with um with uh, Chuck Russell and sorry, Kevin Dillon and Shawnee Smith. That was my favorite one. That's fucking awesome. But this one is coming to remake by Warner Brothers Discovery. Moving forward, David Goyer and Keith Levine are doing this from Phantom 4. And right now it's going to be directed by David Bruckner. And he actually directed uh, The Ritual, The Night House, uh, 2022's Hellraiser and also the total copy segment of VHS 1985, I should just say. So he did all those. So he's coming forward. He's done a lot of horror stuff before, and they're going to remake it now. They're not saying complete plot details, but of course it's probably the same as the blob before. You got this gelatinous blob comes out from outer space, crashes, and starts sucking people's light by swallowing them, engulfing them, and killing them, and absorbing them. So I'm guessing that's where you get pretty much like that. The blob, honestly, the 88 version is still with the practical effects. It was amazing for me to do this again now. The 58 one was good, but it was, you know, for me, it's 
it's you know it's you know Intel's dated, but the 88 one just killed it with the horror. This one I'll be interested to see how they do it nowadays. Maybe they'll go too far, maybe they won't, but it is moving forward. They're gonna do one in 2009 too with the Rob Zombie, but that one fell through too. This one is moving forward. The blob is coming, everybody, and I'm excited about it because you know what? The best part of the 1958 one for me, everybody, besides the idea, the idea is great, and the 88 one killed it. The best part for me for the 88 version was, of course, well, you know, the music because the music was fucking awesome. You said to know that you'd be, a, you know, beware of the blob. It creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch. Be careful of the blob. You think that'll be back? That's a good question. The blob is coming, everybody. Get ready for it. What do you think about the blob? Rachel, what do you think? Are you excited for the blob? Paul Paul wants to get in there. Paul, are you excited for the blob? I'm just excited. I'm I'm so excited for this because I... I, I, But uh, Rachel, go first. Go first. (laughs) Um, Rachel, what do you think about the blob coming back? I think it could be interesting. I think if it's well done, um, another sort of creature monster movie might be a lot of fun. We've been really kind of focusing really hard on ghosts and slashers these last, you know, bit. So I think having something like The Blob is is it's just fun. It's just a fun thing. Do you think they'll go even more serious um, with this and try to make it even more graphic? Silly. Oh, they probably will. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's great um, just have a big old gelatinous thing scooping people up what's not to love um, as long as they do it well I think it he could go really steady, though I think they yeah. could really fuck it up they could, they could so, very easily fuck it up they do it well I'm excited if they really fuck it up I'm not here for it yeah i think honestly i think it's it's a great idea and i keep i keep going back and forth in my brain about it when i heard this and yes, i was like you was. know why not it's been a while since we did this thing again of course we're always reaching in and finding that good eye penis and making it new again but i think this might be the right time right place right lobby you know penis. yeah lobby for that eye penis Paul, what do you think, man? I know you're getting excited about it. I know Lex is excited too, but Paul, what do you think about it? Are you excited for the blob to come back in 2024? Yeah. Uh, so the director, Bruckner, is uh, the, also the director of The Ritual, The Night House, and The New Hellraiser, which I all loved. I thought they were amazing. So that gets me more excited. Uh, I already love the blob movie. Uh, I'm actually wanting to rewatch the 88 one. Uh, it gave me nightmares when I was a kid, and I can't wait to see it again. Uh, <laughs> I, I really think it could be something special, especially with this director helming it. And uh, I, I think it, under anyone else, I'd be like, oh, great, the blob. But, you know, it could go either way. If you watch those movies, I think you'll get a good idea that this guy, he knows what he's doing. And he, he wouldn't take on this project unless he had a good story. So I, I'm excited for this, and I want to see some gross shit happen that's what i want i like the new hellraiser i'm sorry i arian i love the new hellraiser so i I thought it was good (laughs) i haven't seen it i haven't seen it but yeah this is like it's quite it could be like quite the horror movie especially nowadays for them and it could go into a whole whole trilogy maybe too they might go crazy with the blob nowadays this is an opportunity i think for warner brothers they're looking for new 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 stuff Lexi, we did the whole we did the whole thing. We went back and forth about all the blah movies before. Now we're getting a new one, so we have to do another whole t- conversation about it when this comes out. Have to watch all the blah movies, do which one's the best. But are you excited about the blob coming back? I know we talked about this earlier. Are you excited though? Do you want to see it? Are you think this is the right time, right place for the blob, or should we have left it in the past and forgot about it forever? <laughs> well, 
there's a lot to look at with it. Um, it's in the right time period. Like, I mean, like, it's it's okay. Like, it's not too long. It's, you know, that remake was in the 80s. It's, you know, 2024. I think your time frame is good. So if you want to fuck with it, go for it. Um, I think that after COVID, I think the idea, if you, whereas if you follow the plot of the 80s one, the concept is the, you know, they take a virus, they take a, you know, like an amoeba, essentially, they put it inside a meteorite, they fire it up into space, and they send it around and see how they can mutate it and send it back to Earth to make create like a bioweapon, right? Like, that's the plot of the, the 80s one. Yeah. And so, in that context, you could look at the COVID stuff, and you could look at the, the viral weapon stuff, and you could be like, what were we doing? And then, uh-oh, the blob, you know? And so, there is kind of like a possibility of being able to incorporate some modern shit that we're dealing with into that if you wanted to some subtext if you don't want to go that route and you just want to you know go hard with it i think our cg is finally at a level that doing a blob effect in this day and age will look really good with cg and a combination of practical and cg it's not going to have that you know seam that we got in like the 2000s to the 2010s era i think we're really at a nice point right now where we can get some nice seamless cg and practical which this film will require a a fully practical blurb there's no way and i i I, i'm gonna say like as funny as it sounds like i think cg is really gonna help the blob really maximize the gore you really want this like don't be wrong. I love the '80s one, and anybody who knows me knows that this was like an obsession for me. Like this is one of my all-time favorite films. Of, like all time, I had the poster for it. This is an obsession for me. But it's it's one of those things where I think that you can up the ante on this with like a really good dosage of CG and practical if you can combine it together just right. Because we're really at the point we can do it well, but you got to do it right. Like like you give it to the like I said, the right person, the right people, like it'll look excellent. And like, I fully believe that a a nice melding of the two will make this movie like the best, but we needed to get to here. It's like, it's like, you know, you gotta have the the Cameron effect. Like I couldn't make avatar just when like, you know, the the effects weren't there yet. Right. Had to make it now. You can't make the blob then. You had to wait until avatar got made. So you can take the avatar effects, make the blob. So like now James that we've got Cameron that effect. So now that we know that we can what we can do with, with with blue like blue screen and green screen and CG and all this kind of shit and what we're able to have white screens and all these brown screens and all you know what I mean? Like we're so capable with our CG now that we don't we yeah. know a level of color grading that we've never done before and all this kind of stuff. Like imagine what pink. we can do with the blob. I genuinely feel like we're a peak at, with our effects, with our, with our CG and our practical that this movie could be fucking mind blowing given to the right person. But it's got to uh, give like to the right I, person. Yeah. It has to go the right hands. And it sounds like this guy knows what he's doing too. That's the director, uh, Bruckner. And if he's got that idea and they, mix that practical effects with the special effects it could be good again we're at a different time now in the world where the special effects are a lot better you're right than they used to be in the 80s you had to go all practical those was, was actually made movies awesome a lot of times but right if you were able to make the blob like if you use some of that practical stuff them inside there but also the way the blob i mean you look at the end when the blob gets bigger and bigger and bigger it doesn't hold up as much the, the special effects in the 80s version but now you can make it even better 
We could be what, pretty fucking awesome. Why do you like the eighties one more than the fifties one? It's the up the ante, right? They up the ante huge. They do. So it's, it's so not that, like the thing. We mm. can up the ante again though. Like, right, Paul. The thing is, is that all that made the eighties blob better than the fifties blob was that we had peaked in practical effects. In the time period that it was made was the absolute peak. Like we were we were not able to go any further with practical effects. That was the start of CG, right? Like that was when we start getting Lucas playing around with CG and things like that. So we're we're peaking. We're about to start the revolution of CG. This is it. 80s is like the peak of practical. So all of our stuff is at like its height. So the 50s one is like a schlock film and someone said you know what i'd love to see that but with like the best effects that we can possibly do and that's what somebody did and now here we that's are again great. and you know what you do you look at that, you go, that movie was the best that we could possibly do with effects that we had at the time let's do it again with the best that we have at the time and that's kevin the, dylan that's what the blob should be every What's time kevin every dylan? time you make it cutting it edge blob technology that's what the blob <laughs> is it's an effects spectacle that's all it should ever be is an effect i, I don't want it yeah, I just don't want it to have any um, like face or it be, be no, something never. that has a, a, it's a knowledge blob. of the. You know, it's a, a blob. It, it, it has it's yeah, yeah, no personality. Don't let it start it's just turning like, into things and stuff. That would yeah. be so weird. Like, I loved. I loved. Uh, somebody said uh, through the chat about it being compared to COVID. I think that's a perfect analogy for it. I think it's just it's not doing it on any purpose. It just exists to devour, and I think that's great. I want to see yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the remakes thing it, with the thing was a perfect example of that. And uh, they actually did another remake of the thing, but it was kind of a prequel a couple of years ago. You remember that one? What's that? Oh, no. I'm I said son, son of the blob, but that was <laughs> son of the <laughs> said, No, he's like, the, uh, I was just you making a comparison. <laughs> you son of a blob. Uh, it, I was making a comparison to the thing being a remake of the thing from the, the black and white era. Uh, it's kind of the same with the blob. They made a remake from the yeah. black and white era. Yeah, and uh, the fly is another good one. The that, fly, that, like, I love the fly. It's a good those, movie. Those are I mean, two they, completely different films, though. The fly, Gold Bloom, kicking some ass. The, no, I'm the, just the, saying it's a horror. It's a horror genre thing that they do. It's kind of a trope that they remake horror films from the black and white era and update yeah. them. So I, I feel like that's kind of what they're doing. Uh, another one, Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, it's, it's just. Great. If it make it make it good, that's all I ask. <laughs> right. Yeah, make it good. I agree. I agree. Give 100%. us some good quality blab. Blob yeah, action. Blob. Give us all the blob. A like, high quality you know, blob. High quality blob. Less corniness. More blob. More more butts in the seats. And uh, and you know more freaking good death scenes. That's all I want. Bring Kevin Dillon back for me. Why not? Come on, guys. Uh, give me some. Uh, give me uh, give uh, me uh, back. I want him back. I don't know. You maybe the blob comes back or some shit. I don't know. It'd probably be a whole new different thing. Start all over again. That's how we're gonna do. It's probably who it's gonna be. It'll be Chalamet, <laughs> or maybe maybe we'll get, you know I'll, I'll take Dave. Let show Dave in there. Dave can fight the blob. Hell yeah, Dave, get the blob. I don't know. We'll probably get Chalamet. Or we'll get like uh, Zach Efron or somebody. I don't, I don't know. But oh, overall, I think that this could be good, and I think that it's a good opportunity. Like we're saying now, special effects have gone quite a bit up. We got Avatar, got blue people swimming on freaking Navi and then doing all that shit in the fucking blue world. But so maybe we can do the blob right now. So hopefully we can. And honestly, I think it's a good idea. And I think Warner Brothers will make a lot of money on it. I think they will. Hopefully it does well. 
Hopefully it's better than the 80s one. I don't know. You got some, you got some hard, hard shoes to fill there, Warner Brothers. Make it good. And I can't wait to see what happens. The blob is coming. The remake is coming. Go along over everybody, but also. Also, a lot of stuff went down this weekend. We had the Critics' Choice Awards, and I'm really excited to talk about just very briefly at the end of the night because there's a lot of awards went down, a little different from the Golden Globes, and I can't wait to talk about because now it's time for our feature story of the night. Everybody, I want to talk about the Critics' Choice Awards just very briefly off the top. There's a lot of stuff went down, a lot of big awards went through, and Chelsea Handler hosted this too. She made some cracks about the Golden Globes, about how her writers actually wrote these jokes and they're funny. That was pretty great. Uh, you had Oppenheimer win eight. Eight, eight Critic Choice Awards involving Best Picture, Best Director, Supporting Actor, Robert Downey Jr. You had Barbie winning six awards, including Best Comedy, Best Song, Best Screenplay. And that was a whole thing going back and forth about, you know, in the Oscars, it's Best Adapted. And they were like, we're going back and forth. It should be just Best Screenplay. And she won it for this. Good old Barbie kicking ass. The Bear coming through, Best co- uh, uh, Bear and Beef both took home four awards. It's insane. Uh, just Ken. I'm just Ken. No, that, uh, Brian Gosling's reaction when the I'm just Ken won, it was priceless. Everyone's going nuts online about that. He's like, that just happened? Uh, pretty amazing. Succession landed three awards. Harrison Ford accepted his career achievement award. That was amazing. It was a beautiful night. I think they did a good job of the award ceremony. And I think that it's a little different from the Golden Globes. We're again setting the pace for the Oscars to see where it goes, who's going to actually have the big wins. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I was surprised Paul Giamatti won the you know best uh, actor, male actor in a, in a film. I thought that was interesting. He beat Kelly Murphy. You know who has to be mad is Bradley Cooper. He spent seven years working on the Mastro making that character and he can't get any love uh but you know what it's a tough year it's a tough year killian murphy too killing it he won the golden globe didn't get this uh, uh emma stone she won for poor things for best female uh in a, in a feature film that was great for her and of course we had uh lily um gladstone from uh the flowers of the killer moon she won for the golden globe so there's some changes up here and there but overall a lot of the similar similar awards going to the similar people like i said nolan getting it for director best picture going to oppenheimer a lot of the same stuff stuff so overall i think though i did a, a good job performing i think the i think chelsea handler was a better host overall i think she's just amazing comedian she's a lot of fun and she just kills everything she does and she even made fun of uh because she was dating another guy before too so joe Choi, whatever she was dating him before so she made fun of him too so <laughs> it was a night it was a night but what do we think about the the Critics' Choice Awards? I know we're going a little bit late. What do we think about that? We enjoy it. Do we enjoy these? Rachel, I know like we've gone back and forth about the Barbie thing. So Barbie still, I think she got more love here at the Critics' Choice Awards, right? So do you think that's going to lead for the Oscars getting more love? I, again, there were some there were some different awards here too that they that that Barbie won that she didn't have a chance to before. Or do you think that Oppenheimer will keep this trend and still you know it's the Barbenheimer movement? It really worked out well for both of them. Um, I'm really pleased that Barbie won Best Original Screenplay. I think that was a huge win for them. And I think it really emphasizes the point that was brought up a few weeks ago that it should be Best Original, not Best Adapted. So I'm hoping that uh, the Oscars categorize it correctly. Um, And I think it was amazing that they won over everything else in that category. They really deserve it. I'm just Ken winning for Best Original Song. amazing that that song's a delight um so i think i think there was a lot of good choices um i i still i i don't think christopher nolan needs to be jerked off anymore i think you should <laughs> stop giving him awards stop yanking his, his he enjoyed his, his, <laughs> his, 
<laughs> let him fucking just stop. Just just stop. <laughs> I, I don't. Drama. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we should keep keep jerking off Christopher Nolan. I, I personally <laughs> think it should continue forever, but that's just me. <laughs> keep, keep that going. Keep that going. Huh? It's fine. It's good. My favorite win of the night, though, and one I that also you didn't don't mention. think we should jerk off Christopher Nolan anymore. <laughs> he got what he deserved on his Peloton. That's all I'm saying. The Peloton um, gate's still going. That took her. Da- that took him down a peg. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> so did. He, he needs it. His ego's getting too big. It's going to ruin the economy. Um, <laughs> my favorite win of the night is best animated uh, TV show went to Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim. Oh, yeah. really? That was yeah. so great. So, so cool. uh, Scott Pilgrim takes off one, and I'm very pleased about Hell that. Yeah. That was. Brilliant show. Yeah. Um, any fan Agreed. of Scott Pilgrim, the Scott Pilgrim franchise would absolutely love it. It is made with a lot of love. It's a beautiful series. If you haven't watched it, it's on Netflix. It, it's, yeah. it, it is very awesome because they went off script with that show. I did not expect that. And it did it so well. Yeah. They're, they just had fun with it. It's like that's kind of the style they should have been going with it originally. I mean, it works so well in animated form. I love the movie, but I think it just works so well in that animated world too. And it's you know, and then all those actors came back for it, which is great. And that's probably also why Spider Verse won for, for a feature film too. This comment, uh, Barbara. Um, so best adapted is generally something that's adapted from an existing story. So while mm-hmm. Barbie does have is an existing character, that that story was completely original. So yeah. it that's I think why yeah, they were having weird. a hard time deciding but whether it's adapted or original. But it's it's a completely original story. There was nothing there before that was ever a part of Disney lore or Disney or I'm sorry, we talk about Disney so much on here. Um, Barbie all, all lore, the time. Barbie, so much Disney Nizos, lore. There, <laughs> So uh-huh. it, it it is a completely original story while it is on a pre-existing character. It won, it won best original screenplay, right? Yeah, best original screenplay. So, yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Greta Gerwig okay. and Noah, her husband, they won it uh, together. Also, best adapted went to American Fiction, Oppenheimer for best ensemble. You had uh, uh, Dominic, uh, Dominic uh, Sessa for the holdovers for a young actor. They have a young actor, actress. They have a that's a kind of a cool kind of category too, giving someone like a younger thing too. Supporting actor from the hold the holdovers won a lot of stuff. I, I need to see the holdovers. Oh, holdovers is fantastic. Is it fantastic? Is it really it's a good? throwback. It's a throwback to those seventy movies, seventies movies oh. that you watched. You know, it's you, you feel like it's. Uh, I mean, they went above and beyond to make you feel like you're watching one of those types of films. So, so Paul, yeah, so Paul, saying that, Paul Giamatti won uh, for best best actor for that. Do you think that he he deserved that? Because of course they went to Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, everyone's going nuts about that. And do you think that Paul Giamatti should have won over Killian Murphy? Me personally. No, but I get it because that's a hard. Paul Giamatti was phenomenal in that mil, that movie, and uh, honestly, He's a great actor. if if Leonardo DiCaprio won Killers of the Flower Moon, I wouldn't be surprised about that either. But I feel like Killy Murphy, this is his year, personally. Yeah, um, and I hope he wins. But if Paul Giamatti does, I wouldn't be surprised either. But Do you think he'll give more for the money for the Oscar? Yeah, at this point, I mean, after winning an, this award, uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a toss-up between those two. 
Definitely sub sassy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you? Is there anything that you think's gonna happen differently? Because of course, like, do you think Oppenheimer? There's any way that it might not win Best Picture at the Oscars? You know what? I I I'm gonna take some. I'm gonna go back to the Best Actor. Bradley Cooper's gonna take it. <laughs> Last minute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He'd probably be loving it. Yeah, I think Oppenheimer's gonna win. I it just yeah. feels like it. I I don't see how these other films can compete with it. I, I personally felt Oppenheimer was the best movie of the year. Uh, that said, Barbie was really a close second. Uh, uh, Poor things was my number two. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think Oppenheimer is going to win though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems like it's kind of leading that way. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see cause how it's different sometimes. Sometimes the critics will throw a curveball too. It's like, that's give me, give Paul Giamatti a win. You know, I, I thought maybe Mastro for Bradley Cooper cause his performance was amazing in that too. But I don't know. Lexi, what do you think? You think Oppenheimer is going to be like, is this the writing on the wall? They got two awards series that they've won. This one so big. Does that mean that Oppenheimer is going to win the Oscar? Or is there something that disappoints you with these, uh, what came out from the critics choice awards? Do you even care about them? How do you feel about the critics choice awards coming forward from this weekend? I don't like award ceremonies as a whole. Um, I don't think they have any value. Um, but <laughs> I will say that I think something called the Critics' Choice Awards has the most value because I do think that the critics um, are the secondary voice to the people, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, the critics are the people who watch the films and then tell the people, like, hey, like this is worth your time. It's not worth your time, right? And yeah. so they're the people who they have an understanding of the films. They watch the films all the time. It's their job to watch the films, right? Yeah. So their their opinions and what they would deem the most worthy of awards in this in this world, I feel like their opinions on what's award worthy or not, I feel like is more more fitting than the Oscars where it's a panel of a bunch of people who you can pay off. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying you can't pay off anybody. That's funny either, because every, everybody knows every award ceremony you can pay some asshole off. But yeah, like you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know this one about this. Was it poor things? The the one that yeah, poor things. I, uh, I guess it's, like it's doing really well. Thing. It, it sounds interesting. Um, I don't know anything about it. Um, I'll watch really it. Really, critic one Barbie, too for uh, drama series. Barbie was excellent. Um, I liked it. It drama deserves pre praise. Um, it didn't get any praise at the was it Golden Globes? So yeah, think, it, only, know, it didn't get much. It definitely deserves some fucking praise here, if anywhere. Um, as far as is Oppenheimer gonna whatever? I mean, I could say what I want to say, but I'm not gonna say what I want to <laughs> say because this is gonna make it. me look like hey, an asshole. Hey, you know, Christopher Nolan needs some needs some love once in a while. You know, he needs some love once in a while. Does he, hey, does he though? Does he? Does he? <laughs> I think he gets enough. Does a, does another does another you know never his own ass white guy never need enough. to win another award at the Oscars? No, I think Barbie deserves to win. I absolutely, think... like you know, I don't well, think that he deserves another fucking award for the same kind of shit right. that he does a billion times over. I'm tired of his movies. I'm tired of his work. I've never been a Nolan fan from day one. I love um, Nolan. <laughs> Prestige is the only movie he's made that I liked. Literally, Prestige is it. It's a um, movie. But that's it. Like I don't like any of his work, and I'm willing to watch Oppenheimer because I do. I know the story. Like I did a project in school on this, so I'm really interested in the. Atomic Is that accurate? History, did but... Elton John just make Edad? Um, no, he might. The Emmys. He must have just got it, huh? Oh, Ooh. nice. 
Breaking news! Breaking news! That's cool. I'm glad he got that. But I mean, um, I just, uh, I'm just not into like him. But that's outside of my opinions. Um, I do think he's overrated and overhyped, and I do think that a lot of other directors don't get opportunities because I think Nolan gets a lot of overrated. I think I I work with Nolan, so I have a special place in my heart with him. You know, I think a lot of film people like overhype him as a whole. I'm like, I think there's a lot of great directors that do just as good of work. You know, I, I think his world building is excellent. And I think his storytelling sucks. And I think that's really where his like strengths are. Like he's a good cinematographer. Like he's got cinematography is excellent. He's really great at world building, but then like his stories fall apart. So I'm just like, I don't know where the strengths are. That's why I like the prestige. I feel this like this is the a bit of a bias. Like so the film. story kind of wrote yeah. itself that's why i'm like i'd like to see this one I'll, I'll see where we go with it but like his thing is more spectacle than it is like storytelling so. he's a great actor's director too the way he talks but to his I... actors he pulls them aside he has those personal conversations and it's really like it's really intimate i think it's a great thing for an actor a lot of times just have that one-on-one time i i think yep. that he's great on yep. set that way yep. and he's a pro- welcome to film school bud welcome to film school. tarantino and nolan that's all a bunch of dudes jerking each other off talking about tarantino and nolan the whole <laughs> I wish we got Tarantino Star Trek. I'll say that right now. That'd been really awesome. I wanted that so bad. Rated R Star Trek, what but is- never in that. I think it'd been cool. So much hate against uh, white Jackson. guys. Like, hit these fucking <laughs> bridge. That's all I, I want to hear. I love a lot of white guys, but these two in particular annoy the fuck out of me. <laughs> so I feel personally what I attacked. Think is going to happen. <laughs> hey. Hey. I'm sorry you don't feel like this is a safe space. You'll be honest. It's not. I. I <laughs> Hey, there's 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 three white guys here right now, right, Peppy? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no. Can we not racially profile the dog? <laughs> Peppy's a we very Hispanic in, name. <laughs> what is going to happen is that. This award season, Oppenheimer is going to get all the awards, all the acclaim, all the masturbation happening. But (laughs) over time, Oppenheimer will be less relevant and Barbie will be the movie that people talk about in 20 years. Barbie will even impact, I think, for a long time. And I think the critics gave her more praise because of that. And I think overall, the critics try to bend a little bit and have there's new awards. awards. I think the people will go in the razzies i want to see the razzies too who's like i know queen said that i can't wait to say that. it usually happens like the weekend before the oscars so that's usually when they go on those like the oscars follow so it's going to be exciting the Craig's choice awards everybody it's out and i think it's falling more in line with what they've been saying at the golden globes but you know what you never know if the oscars curveballs happen and i think that it is again the year of barbenheimer Barbie versus Oppenheimer. It happened to start in the summer. It's going all the yeah. way through to the rest of the year. And I think we're going to have to see the award ceremonies right up. What it is. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's what it is. I'm excited about it. It's so fun. And I'm excited to see who wins at the end. And honestly, no one, everyone wins actually. At the end of the day, everybody wins because this was something that brought us back to theaters and made us have a good thing to talk about. Made people go see Oppenheimer and everyone. Maybe people go see Barbie they never see before. It just brought money back to theaters and it saved theaters in a lot of ways at a time where we're in the middle of a strike and like shit was going wrong for a long time since COVID. I think it was a great thing from cinema that we need to learn the marketing that they did for this and keep doing it for other projects to make theaters more relevant and more like, you know, more bursting with money because when you go back to theaters, it means a lot. I don't want to like, be like Tom Cruise, but go back to theaters, make money for theaters. It's a great experience and keep it going because honestly, at the end of the day, it's what makes us come together and it's just fun, fun, fun to get away from your home and sit down with some loved ones and watch a movie on the big screen. Do it now. 
Weimenheimer coming to the Oscars next. And the Critics' Choice Awards is done. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Anyways, everybody, thank you for being on Cruise Control. As always, we're going way over. Uh, it's been a great show tonight. Happy to have you all here. Uh, sorry, we've, you know, we're talk, talk, talk. It's, it's fucking, it's been a good conversation. I've had a great time. I'm happy to have my whole panel here. It's been fun. Rachel Blakely, thank you for being here, helping out the co-hosts of Responsibilities, running the chat, talking to people. The banners are awesome. Happy to have you here, kicking some ass there and, uh, and helping out. It's a blast, and I love talking to you. So thank you for being here on Monday, uh, as you've been for the Mondays. It's here. Monday. Hi, Rachel. We appreciate you. <laughs> uh, right over there. Paul Allen Dixon, everybody, over there at Film Vets, everybody. Thank you for joining us back on Cruise Control. Missed you, man. Good to see you back here on a Monday. Uh, any day of the week. Happy to have you here. Before we go, again, you know, pitch the show, talk about what's going on Film Vets. Tell them what's happening because Film Vets, everybody, friends of the show. Yeah, we're doing a lot of trailer reactions right now, and we're also just releasing some interviews we did with some veterans who are in the entertainment industry. So uh, things are going really well. We got monetization just recently, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, go check our stuff out, and uh, we're always looking to talk to new people. Nice. We did too, Paul. We're both monetized now. Hell yeah. yeah. Happy monetization yeah. New Year. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's great, isn't awesome. it? It's fun. It's really fun. <laughs> Appreciate you being here, man. It's awesome. Thank you. We'll talk some more soon. Happy yes. New Year. Happy New Year. And this Lexi Koval, too. Thank you for being here on Cruise Control. As always, happy to have you here, Lexi, kicking ass. Just like always bringing some great, 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 great takes on stuff. Thank you for being here on a Monday. Happy to have you back. Everyone's loving the hair. Loving the hair. It's great. It's <laughs> so oh. good to see you. I just got this one, so. It's always a pleasure to be here, as always. And uh, Sassy, I love you. You're great. You keep being Sassy. Great. <laughs> Come back, Sassy. Keep coming back. But thank you all for being here. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great night on Cruise Control. We'll be back on Wednesday, as always. And again, this jacket off, as I said before. We got a special interview going down on Monday with David and Nick over there. Uh, who did the, 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 They freed Willie, I should say. They freed Willie. Theme Bill Willie is out there now ever since ever since Mickey became free to the world on January 1st. They were the very, very first people to drop a horror analog movie about Mickey Mouse horror version. We're going to be talking about that with them on, on Wednesday. Can't wait to have that conversation. Tune in on Wednesday to find out. we we'll back for a regular day, as always. And you know what? I'm just happy it's a Monday because there's a lot more cruise control to come this week. So thank you all for being here as always. Appreciate you. You got to tell everybody, you got to spread the word. They were 1,140 some subscribers. The numbers keep going up as always. And they do because of you, because you keep telling everybody, you tell your friends, your family, your uncles, your aunts, your grandmas, your grandmas, your grandmas, your grandparents, and all the grandparents all over the world that came down for every generation. Your whole fucking family always around every day. And they make cooking your babies and their babies come to life. Now our babies come to life. Now all subscribe to cruise control. As that nation grows, nation goes bigger, bigger, bigger. Then the animals will get soft. And then Peppy finds them. And Peppy loves them too. And Peppy like, subscribe to Cruise Control, I'll hump you. And then they subscribe to Cruise Control. And then, then Peppy still humps him because Peppy humps everybody. Peppy's awesome, though. He's a fucking friend of the show. And then the chinchillas come about. Chinchillas are awesome. The kangaroos, the beavers, the badgers, the bears, and all the fucking women creatures, and all the fucking marsupialamis out there, and all the mailmen, and all the service workers, and all the people that fucking are there scrubbing your pool, and fucking kicking ass in the world, and driving cars, and taxis, and, and fucking driving semis that are automatic. Who knows what they're doing? They're doing that. Your taxi jobs are never in the fucking world. Never in the Control is awesome. Thank you so much. As always, if they keep coming back, we'll be back every day. And I'm fucking Thank you so much and be on cruise control because we'll get that fucking million before you know it. I can't even talk anymore. So thank you very much for being on cruise control. Oh my god, I can't even talk anymore. Happy Monday. Um, we'll be back on Wednesday for a humpy edition, and it's gonna be fantastic, of course, because it's hump day and it's Monday. Mondays are great, hump days are great, and Fridays are even better. Anyways, everybody, until then, everybody, you gotta keep coming back, keep tuning in, tell everybody in the world, and we'll be back on Wednesday. All right, until then, see ya.